Welcome to the Reggae Pod Clash, where men like Devin, that's me, and Reggae Raj talk all things reggae with some of our favorite artists. In episode 7, joining us all the way from Vienna, Austria, where it is 3 in the morning for him, our special guest is the man called Anthony B. Yes, Roger, what's up? Devin, how you doing, man? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hanging in. Um, You're doing? I'm doing, doing. I'm excited for the show today. Uh, absolutely excited. Um, for everybody who doesn't know, we have the great Anthony B on with us. And um, we, are, we are very excited for this. We have a lot of really, um, really good things to talk about. He's got a new album out. Can't wait to talk about that with him. Um, you know, it's been an intense week uh, for everybody. And then um, yesterday, it became even uh, uh, more intense and, and just um, a new note of, um, I don't know, know what the right word is, but we got word that um, our brother Judah Eskender Tafari passed away. Um, he was a Studio One artist, great singer, and uh, was he lived in Los Angeles for a long time. We would see him every Wednesday at the Dub Club. And, um, you know, I had just, I had been on the phone yesterday with, um, my good friend, John Asher from the expanders. And he, he was very good friends with Judah and he, and he was talking to me a little bit about Judah. And then about half an hour later, we got the news. Um, and it was, it was a, it was a sad day. Um, but also just started thinking about all the great music he's made. And I know you just recently made some music with him, Raj. Yeah, man. Uh, Judah Judah's amazing, first off. Anybody who knew him can, can vouch for that. And um, Mr. Tom Chastine of Dub Club uh, has, al- has always worked with him, and I've always worked with Tom, and so I've always worked with Judah in the studio. I, I never really hung with Judah um, outside of the studio, uh, but wow, man, every time I would work with him, every time I would see him, every time I record with him, it was something different. Obviously, I was a fan of what he, you know, has done in his, in his career, but... Uh, just the way he carried himself and took music so serious um, with a passion and with a message and with a smile. I mean, he lit up the room. He definitely did. I know we say that a lot about a lot of people, but he definitely did. It was true for him. It was super true. He'd come in and smiles and, hey, what's up? And then you just felt the vibe change. And I, this is just someone that, you know, you just never saw never saw this coming. And, and um I mean, the one thing I could say is that every time he got in that, that vocal booth, he gave it his all. And it was, I mean, passion, you know, from the heart. You could hear it in his, in his voice. And he, I would be there playing, and, and he'd be in the vocal booth, and it'd be hard for me to concentrate because I'm so into what he's given us and what he's, you know, doing at the moment. Um, so there's, there's a lot of material he's done, and, and I'm thankful of, of him, and I, I'll miss him greatly. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thankful that we have his beautiful voice recorded. And, um, you know, today we want to, in lieu of our usual tune of the week segment, we want to play a couple of our favorite tunes by Judah Eskender Tafari, who passed away yesterday. And this is, let's play this first one. We're going to play the whole song because um, it's just really important to hear his voice. And it's a beautiful tune. So this is a tune he recorded in 1978, I believe, at Studio One, and it's called Jalite. Jalite. 
Yeah, that's Judah Iskander Tafari. Man, I, I, I mean, I dare you to find I dare you to find someone with a voice like that. You know, how unique is that, and how passionate is that voice? I mean, geez. Are we going to um, uh, dip into another but, tune? We have to. Yeah, let's play one more Judah tune. You know, we usually do two two songs every week to start it off. So our second song is going to be another tune by Judah. This is also Studio One. I don't know the exact year. Uh, it sounds like maybe a little later because it's got some yeah. uh, so like some heavy sin drums on it. Like right, right. Doo, doo, doo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, just unmistakably Studio One still. Um, mm-hmm. This one's called Rastafari, I Tell You.
another song, yes. another beautiful song. Judah. <laughs> another beautiful song by Judah, man. Centralized, organized. He quotes it, you know? Well, nice words, that's, for, that's for the man Judah Iskandar Tafare. Uh, you know, his his body left us yesterday, but his his words and works always live on. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll, we're thankful for that. Um, so peace to the man called Judah. Yes. Right now... Uh, so but first, first, before I even mention this, I want to let everyone know who's watching, please share this video. Uh, hit the share button if you're watching on Facebook. Tell all your friends. Make sure to go like it, whatever you're watching it on YouTube, Facebook, whatever. Hit the like button. That helps us get more, more viewers all the time. And definitely share it. But right now, it is our great honor to bring on a man who has been at the forefront of Jamaican music since the early 90s. He's a singer, songwriter, musician, and an activist. He hails from Clarkstown in the north western parish of trelawney jamaica his new album which is full of hits from top to bottom is king in my castle and he joins us from the country of austria i believe wow. where it is currently three in the morning please welcome the great anthony b all right good thanks good thanks. cool all right how, how are you doing man we appreciate you uh i know the time change is, is wicked so we appreciate you joining us today or tonight, or this morning. I'm honored, and I'm, I'm honored to be here, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. It, it's really our honor. And um, so you're in Austria? Yeah, I'm in Vienna, Austria. Vienna? Yeah. How did you, how, how did, what, what's the link there? How did you uh, make your way to Vienna? Well, I'm working with my bands. My bands is from Vienna, you know, Osa Rhythm. So big All up right. the Osa Rhythm bands. Yeah. Osa Rhythm, wow. Yeah, so man. they are the producer of that new single that I just put out, Mr. Officer. Mr. Officer, I definitely want to talk about that song. That's a yeah. that's they're a powerful also, song. They're also the producer of the... We produced the album King in Makassa together, you know. So big up the bands. Big up Sam Gilly, I don't know, the band leader. Big up the drummer, the guitarist, keyboard player. Yeah, man. We were, just ta- we were just talking bass, about yeah. talking yeah. about how the whole... Every element is is ten out of ten. You know the yeah, production, the, the the musicians, you know the, the the videos, everything. It's just a beautiful. Yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm I'm feeling so honored and proud to be here at this moment in Austria because to witness in Austria to see fifty, sixty thousand people come out for a Black Lives Matter march to march against racism and you understand right. discrimination and try to show the world that this is not just a black problem; it is a human problem. You understand? Human problem can only be solved when human being start accepting that it's a problem. Amen. And we all come together and get rid of this problem because racism is eight and eight, eight has no limit where it can go. You understand? History has shown us that a lot of the time. So this is not about black people saying, okay, we want to fight against white people or Indian people or Chinese people. Mm-hmm. This is this this is this, this this is what I'm mostly proud about is to see that people of other race understand mm-hmm. and show in the world that they understand and we are standing up together as a human race mm-hmm. and I stand against a system of discrimination and hate and years of so standing in a country like Vienna which is a 99% white country. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, let's start. This yeah. is the country, the country of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Yeah, let's start. So, you know, so, <laughs> to be here in this country and to see people come out, right. standing up for a cause like mm-hmm. this, this gives me great pride in being a Rasta man, being a reggae singer, being a black person at this moment. Because this is, this is the message 
that is coming through reggae music for years from the mm -hmm. foundation mm -hmm. of reggae music. It is to spread that greater awareness, that greater understanding. Because what we want the world to know is that if reggae music see in problems going on in California, we don't look at the color of the person, we look at the problems. And we would make that into a song and sing about it and try to address the problem. So reggae yeah. music is always being a social music, a political music, a environmental music, mm -hmm. a party music, a family music, a festival music. Understand a herbal music, yeah, music with issues, historical issues. You understand globally. So, the theme of reggae is one love, you know? and mm -hmm. in one, there is no two, three, four, five, there is no you nor me, there is one. So, mm -hmm. we are all one human being. And I'm proud to be here today in a country like Vienna, Austria to see it because if I was in Jamaica and see 50, 60,000 people come out, then you know that okay, we are all black people, so it's just we standing up. But when you see that different nation holding your hand and say yeah this is a problem that all of us face you know so mm -hmm. uh, it's a joy to be here you know? thanks thanks for sharing that all with us and you know i think um i do see that it feels like more people are starting to understand like you mentioned that you know when when, when we say when someone says black lives matter they're not saying only Black Lives Matter is saying that for so long, Black people have been treated in, in a system like their lives don't matter. And so it's important to stand up and affirm that, no, our lives matter. And I think it's uh, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. That's and what we're caught because, as we're saying, racism is an ignorance. You know? mm -hmm. So it's when you say Black Lives Matter and somebody try to turn that also in another ignorance. That's the root right. of racism. <laughs> the root of racism was stemmed from ignorance is when you cannot realize that color is like a garden. Look at life like the beautiful garden outside. There's many different colors of flowers in the garden and that's why it is so beautiful. So everyone wants to see many multiple colors of beautiful. So the creator didn't create one color of people because that's not beautiful. He created multiple color of people. But we are all human beings. We are all of we all have the same similarities, the same attributes, the same... We, we do the same things everywhere in the world. And so we're just saying to everyone else that black life matter just as your life matter, just as mm -hmm. the white life matter, just as mm -hmm. the red life matter, just as the Indian, the Chinese, the Japanese, just as every human being on the planet Earth life matter. It is not saying one life matter, no one. So we don't want no ignorancy to come inside of what we're trying to get out there. Because that's where the problem is in the first place, is being ignorant to racism. And that's why it keeps dominating the system. Because it's not just in one place where you find it. It's not just the police system that is racist. The political system is racist. The religious system is racist. The community. So as parents, sometimes what parents don't realize Saying you're not racist is not showing the kids that you're not racist because mm -hmm. your option is different. When you go to the restaurant, you, you tell the kids not to sit around black people. When you drive to a black community, you tell the kids, close the window. Don't go to that. It's violence. When you're in the shopping mall, if you see a black person walking up to you, you, you put your handbag on the other side. Like So these actions are racial actions. And kids learn more from the actions of adults than the words. 
kids, we don't listen. When we are young, we have no time to listen. We, 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 we try to do our own stuff, but we watch the attitudes. And what opened my eyes to know that racism is it's, it's, it's an educationally deep, 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 deep thought mm-hmm. process. There's a thing on Google called the Dal test. I don't know if you've ever seen that. You ever seen that test on Google? No. You, no. you can Google the Dal. The Dal, like mm-hmm. Dal that kids play with, test. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And they got kids from five, three, the 12 year old questioning them with two dollars, one white dollar, one black dollar. And when you can see a, a kid look at a dollar and say, Oh, that doll is bad, that doll is ugly, that doll, the adult don't like that color. And when, when the person say, What color are you? they point at the same color that they say is bad, the same color that they think. And so that to show you that it is a mental shift. We need a mental shift. So I'm, I'm, I'm joyful and proud to see that the young people of this generation is waking up, mm. standing up to their parents, standing up to their adults, standing up to their leaders, standing up to their community, challenging the time to show the world that no more. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you nailed it. I think that sometimes it, it seems like a fairy tale when people say, can we, can we end racism? But I think that if we start Exactly what you talked about. I mean, I don't have any kids personally, but, and I might get flack for that, but speaking on this, but I think it starts with your kids. It starts, I was, I was never, you know, when I was brought up, there was my mom, my dad, they had, you know, friends of every color. I was on the playground, had friends of every color. There was never a point out like something's different. And truly in my heart, I grow up believing that everyone is equal regardless of skin color. So I, I try to put myself in, in their head sometimes and, um, I think that's where it starts. Is you're a kid, you're you're not born with this. You're taught this, you know. You're it's, taught it's, this. Yeah. If you put if you put some young babies in a room together, and take out other adults out of the room, none of them would say you're black or you're white, you're Chinese, you're Indian, you're Japanese, you're Spanish, you're Latino. No, they're gonna play together, have fun, mm-hmm. laugh with each other. So this is not something that was born in the DNA of the human body. It is something that is taught in the mind of the human body and adapt in the action of the community. Because mm-hmm. you can go in a country, a country that say we are all one, but then you would say that's the black community or that's the white community mm-hmm. or that's the Chinese community or that's the Jewish community or don't go to that community mm-hmm. or right. don't they? So already that is racism. Mm-hmm. You understand? Separation, discrimination and teaching people that this is what you must expect. So it is like Indian, it's like going to India, it's like classism in India. You understand, you're born in this class, you're born in this class, you're from this class, you're from this class. So you don't expect to excel. That's, and to me, every human being should give an equal opportunity. Depends upon your potential, depends mm-hmm. upon your ability, depends upon your talent, given the fair chance. But if we're gonna run a hundred mile and you go 98 miles before I get a start, I, you have only two miles to finish. And then when you finish the race, you say, it's because I don't work hard enough, but you forget that you were already 98 miles ahead of me before I get a start. So that's, that, that's, that's the system that we're trying mm-hmm. to fight against. We're not trying to fight against Prince. Yes, and Bob Marley said we don't fight flesh and blood. 
but spiritual wickedness in high and low places. And it's spiritual wickedness, it's principality and power. Many people don't come out of their house and go on the street with a gun because you know the consequences. You know the result. You might lose your career. You might lose your freedom. You might lose. So if, if someone can go out and kill a black person on the camera, live on TV, live on Facebook, live on Instagram, with no consequences, with no punishment, with no, what is the penalty? Then this is like you're saying there's a penalty to kill a dog. There's a penalty in the United States to kill a dog. I can't come on Facebook now and take a pet and ill-treat that pet and beat up that pet. You would see everybody going all over my Facebook. Anthony B is animal cruelty, yeah. and you can't treat animal like that. So what are we saying? What kind of message are we sending to the kids? That you're saying that you cannot hurt a pet. You cannot hurt an animal. But you can hurt a black man doing anything because this is live on camera and there's no punishment. But there's a punishment if you hurt an animal. So this is what we're trying to... Awareness bring consciousness. Consciousness bring solution because it brings discussion. And only through discussion and debates. We might agree, we might disagree, but that's what we do in school. This is how we learn. This is how we learn in our homes. This is how we learn from our parents. When we have in talk and discussion discussion with our parents growing up. We didn't agree about everything, but we didn't hate our parents, and they didn't hate us. We might disagree today and agree another day. You understand? Many mm -hmm. things we didn't agree with our parents younger growing up. You grow up as an adult and realize, oh, Papa was sorry, oh, Mama was sorry, I don't get because of experience. So this is what we're saying. We're trying to bring an awareness. Yeah, definitely. I, I have a question for you. Do you think because Devin's a musician, I'm a musician as well in, in the reggae community uh, here in Los Angeles, here in America. And, and, and you definitely have toured the world several times and you can get a good gauge on what, you know, what, what pockets of, of reggae communities and, 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 you know, who's who and, and um, who's playing the music. But do you feel as a reggae musician that it's important to stand up and to, to, to be vocal about uh, racial injustice? That's what keep reggae music as the music of the people. Because over the years, me growing up, when I want to learn something about listening to most of the music you listen around the world, the genres of music is about this. There's a genre called R&B. R&B is about love between relationship, social commentary. There's other music. You understand? Hip-hop music will give you one and two po poetic positiveness sometimes. But it's mostly about having fun. It's, reggae music was always about consciousness, awareness. Reggae music is being singing about using herbs and marijuana as the healing of the nation. Long when the world is fighting, now the world wake up and marijuana is now mm -hmm. a modern industry. Marijuana is now helping even kids. Reggae music has been singing about, you understand, is injustice, political injustice social injustice, racial injustice. This is why reggae music becomes global. Because when you go to a country like India, or you go to a place like China singing reggae music, people might not, Japan, people might not understand every word you say, but they understand what your issue is about. They understand what your topic is about. 
even in California, that's why people love reggae music because there is no other music that telling you come together. There is no other music that telling you let's love the earth, love nature, love herbs, be idle, eat healthy. This is the message today. Even in the commercial business world today, everything, every message that reggae has been trying to send, that is what for me right now become commercialized. As I tell everybody, when we were growing up here, Bob Marley said, I man. You grew up here, Peter Todd said, I man. It's I man this man. It's I and I that man. We grew up as little youth in Jamaica. People used to laugh. Everything Rasta said, they say, I. Now today we got iPhone, iCloud, <laughs> iDis, iDat, i. Yeah. So, you understand what I mean? Yeah. A- <laughs> any, anybody who's in the regular community for years know. So, this is, this, this is how people talk. Words, sound, and power. Words, sound, and power. So uh, that's why, to me, reggae grow more than a lot of other genres of music, that their style disappears. Because reggae is not a style. Traveling the world, singing reggae music, it is not a style to the people. It is, it is a force of positiveness. It is a force of awareness. It is a community where somebody of any color, any race, any class, feel like when they go, they are welcome. This is where they don't go. And you don't go to a reggae festival and feel like somebody is going to discriminate against me. Like, I'm not going to feel like I'm a part of it. And this is what made reggae music so strong globally in all different genres and all different cultures. Mm-hmm. It reggae become the background of the downtrodden. It is the backdrop of the underprivileged. It, it, it is the platform of the people fighting against injustice. So it, it, it is that modern sound of the youths, the youths in the street, the sounds of rebellion against the wickedness. So this is what reggae music, to me, right now the world is waking up to the message of reggae music. So Bob Marley and Peter Touch would be proud to be alive today to see the things that they were singing about coming manifesting in realistic, in reality in life. Do you, do you think it's important for the, the people that are in reggae bands nowadays, especially, let's say, American bands or whatnot, that, that don't have those same struggles and can't relate to the original Jamaican music? Do you think it's important for them to be vocal? Well, N- Knowing that they carry reggae... Everyone in the reggae music community, this is what you learn about. doesn't matter if you're white, if you're Chinese, Japanese, Indian, Hispanic, Espanol. It doesn't matter if you're from Hawaii, if you're from the Polynesian island. Reggae music has been the vice that stands against injustice. And anywhere you are in the world, if you're in Germany, you grow up and know what the word injustice is. It might not be in a racial form, but it might be in a social form. It might be in a political form. So this is what we're saying. You can relate to the word injustice. You can relate to the word killing of the innocent. You can relate to the people standing up against the system of hate and racism. So if these are topics and points that is important in your life as a human being, I think you got to make your voice be heard because this is not a, this is, these are not topics about which political party you're from, which religious belief you're from, which culture you're from, which background you're from. It's about a universal word called injustice that everyone in the world can relate to, a universal word called racial discrimination everyone can relate to, a, a universal word called genocide against 
minority. So if these are things that you can relate to, I think you should let your voice be heard. No one is telling you to come out and be controversial if you think it's controversial. And you might think, oh, it's Anthony B. The man they sing fire power room, so the man they always controversial. No, this is not a controversial topic. Mm -hmm. This is a human topic. We're asking about saving life. The other day, we have COVID-19, and I see everybody come out sending a message because the message is not about fear. Mm -hmm. We're trying to send a message to every country around the world that have hope there's a brighter tomorrow, and we try to pray for the frontline workers and pray for families who have lost somebody. So in any human tragedy, I think you should let your voice be heard. It doesn't matter your color, your race, your belief, even if you're not religious, even if you're not Rastafarian, you understand? Even if you're not black from your part of the reggae community, because from you see the reggae community as a family, and you don't see the reggae community just as a place where you go and, okay, make some money, and I'm not interested in what reggae is interested in. So from you see yourself that this movement is something vital to you, and it's about one love. One love means no separation. Don't separate yourself from love. This is what we're saying. So I think you should let your voice be heard. It doesn't matter where you are, who you're from. From you're a part of reggae music, even if you're not an entertainer, you're a producer, mm -hmm. you're a festival promoter, mm -hmm. you're a fan, you're just touched by this music. If you love Bob Marley, then you will understand one love. Definitely. You will understand get up, stand up, and fight for your rights. So this, we're not out there fighting to say, okay, we don't like that color, we don't like that color. That's what the system is doing. We're trying to stop racial war. We're not trying to start a racial war. We're trying to stop a genocide. Yeah. We're not trying to start a genocide. Exactly. You understand? Yeah. So don't, we're not trying to make you a part of something dangerous. We're trying to use your help, your assistant, to stop something dangerous. Mm -hmm. We were not around centuries ago when there was under genocide. So we could only talk about history, but we are here today. And what we can do today we're not saying take up a gun and go there. No one is saying to go and loot. No one is saying to go and riot. No one is saying go giant violence. None of that we're saying. No one is preaching violence. No one is preaching a war. Because we know we can't go in the street and just war. That's not the point. We're talking about making a stand. A peaceful stand. So, one of your latest single is, is Mr. Officer, which is you know, a really, really powerful song, uh, which you recorded and released in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. And I wonder if I could put you on the spot and have you give us a little piece of that real quick. Yeah, man. Justice. Yo, we will want some justice. Black people want justice. Equal rights and justice. Right now, I say, Mr. Hafiza. Officer, stop shooting us down, stop shooting us down, yeah. Just because my skin is black, you wanna put me under the ground, under the ground. I said, Mr. Officer, officer, stop shooting us down, stop shooting us down, yeah. You say, you got to put your gun in my face, because you not like how me sound, not like how me sound. Still, man, I say, black and proud, no, I win, I See them yet with dark skin, no way. Yo, see it. Look what police do to judge fly. Kill him like a dog on the roadside. That's why me say, 
It a happen too often. Same thing them do to Trayvon Martin. Yo, ask the commissioner and the captain. And him say racism is built within the system. So, Mr. Officer, Officer, stop shooting us down. Stop shooting us down. Yeah. Just because my skin is black, you want to put me under the ground. Under the ground. I say, Mr. Officer, Officer, stop shooting us down, stop shooting us down. Yeah, you say you got to put your gun in my face, cause you not like how we sound. So that's what we're saying, you know, Mr. Officer, please stop shooting <laughs> us down. Even yeah. in Jamaica, we see the other day, they just killed a lady that is 84. Right now, two days ago, they shoot two youth in Capron Pen and the people blocking the road and rioting in Jamaica over this. So this is what you have to look at. Look at the reaction. So is it easier to make the people go out and riot and riot and riot, or it's easier to make a law that arrests a, a murderer? Because there's a law that says a murderer go to jail. So it shouldn't be that a murderer don't go to jail because you wear a uniform. Right. I, okay, so at the top of that song, and everybody, make sure you go pick up Mr. Officer. Yeah, it's, it's a powerful tune. song. And at the top, you say the people want justice right now. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that groups like Black Lives Matter here in Los Angeles and around the country are doing to demand justice for the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and countless others is by calling for the defunding of police departments and the redirecting of that money towards the building up of communities. And so I, I want to ask you about some of the ways that you think we can get justice for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and, you know, the thousands of other black men and women that have been murdered by police. Well, for me, you have to put a law on the book that say if a police officer kills somebody innocently, then he's going to lose his asset. He will lose his property. All his asset, all his property will be turned over to that victim family. You have to put consequences that when every time a police officer put his finger on the trigger, he think about, I'm going to kill an innocent person. If it is captured on camera, I won't have a place to live. I'm going to lose all my family, accept everything I work for. I think that's what you have to put on the book. Because that's what is on the book for the citizens of the country. Mm. If you do certain crime, you lose your life, your whole life. Even if you go to jail for a month, when you come back out, you can't get an apartment to rent. You can't get a job so easily because now you have a criminal record. So they have to think about that. One mistake for a citizen, your life can be over. You can be penalized and criminalized forever. And no one is going to ask you when you go for the job, what did you go to jail for? They say, okay, you was arrested. You go to rent an apartment, they find out that you were arrested. They kick you out of the apartment. So you start to live in a life of downhill. So why would a, a, a police officer now don't know the consequences of killing a citizen innocently? He must know that there is a law on the book, and this is what we have to push for, a law on the book to seize the asset of any law enforcement officer who is caught in the act of killing an innocent person. And the mentality would change. And and that just, you know, just what you're saying right there, that, that the fact that there's not a law, but the fact that those laws exist when a citizen commits a murder, but not when an officer commits a murder, that just shows how racism is so built into the system. Because who are the citizens that are having to deal with these penalties, right? They're the, that, they're that's the black. A, that's, they are this, they are this. You're walking down the street now, you're jaywalk. 
you do nothing. You get arrested. Right. You come out. Maybe you go to your work. You don't tell your boss that, okay, I was arrested for two nights or for 24 hours. But then he call you next Friday and say to you, oh, Joe, I didn't know that you was arrested. And your 25-year career through the window. He's not asking you, what were you arrested for? Right. Maybe it's all over the news because maybe you're somebody popular. Maybe you're somebody who is in a business. Maybe you're, a, maybe you're an entrepreneur. Maybe you're a community leader. Then it's all over the news and the news go, oh, you were arrested today. Sometimes the news not going to even say for jaywalking. They just show your mugshot and they show you this and then the, the news reporters start to speculate now and they go back into your history. 20 years ago, maybe you were 16 year old, you were a teenager, you have a fight in college and they start to make you into a criminal just for that jaywalking. Your career is over. So this is what we are saying. A police must know the consequences to know that when you're going to pull that trigger, you just, once that is proven, that you just take the life of an innocent person. All your asset is gone to that family, to that victim. And, you know, I think that uh, it's like, you know, people, people, you, you see a big backlash on the media. Oh, that, you know, the, in the protests, some people have started rioting and, and looting may be happening. And, and they want to say, like, look at, look at how violent this is. But to me, that's a backwards way of thinking, because look at all, everything you just mentioned to me about what can happen if you, you know, you have a jaywalking, something, something that you do that results in you not being able to get a job moving forward. Well, what is someone without a job? What what do they have to do at some point? They've got to commit further illegal acts, to, to, and so what? And so and so that those kind of laws that are built into the system they result in violence. That that is systemic violence, and that that's what is, is what, happening. Yeah, that's what is happening. If you leave an animal in your house, you have a pet, you leave him inside, you're gone for four days, no water, no food. When you come back, your house is torn into pieces. That pet is not violent, but. Right. It's survival instincts. He's not mm -hmm. going to stay there. He's going to search for ways that he can survive. And that's what is happening now. A lot of the youths go out through their door. They don't go out thinking. They go out in that survival mood. You understand? Your adrenaline pumping is, 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 is this reaction because you see it so much and you don't see no consequences. You don't see. So for you, it's like the only reaction, the only satisfaction you can get. Is, is to take this out. You understand? Right. So yeah. this, this is what's happening. And the only way we can stem it is to create a law. L look what they're doing. You, you, you used to create smoke marijuana. They come and say it's illegal. Now they say it's legal. You could just smoke marijuana and the cops see you now and they don't trouble you anymore. So you see what changed everything? The law. The policy. Yep. That's what yep. changed everything. Instantly, you leave from being a criminal into being a medical. Mm hmm Right. So you leave, you leave from being a victim into being a patient. Mm -hmm. Just one policy. So this is what we're saying. If the policy shift and every police go tomorrow to work and see that there's a new law on the book, it is passed, it is authenticated, the public is around it and the vigilant. Now, what they're thinking, they're more thinking to make a law to send you to prison to video a criminal killing an innocent person. They're not thinking about making a law to send the criminals to prison. They're thinking about now to make you a criminal who is mm -hmm. using these videos to show the brutalization of your friend, yourself, and your fellow citizen.
And that's the racism in, in the system. <laughs> so this is it. So they are not thinking of breaking away from the racism. They're thinking of tightening it up. And that's why we have to, right. we, we can't just come out and ignore it. Because silent is violence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I, sorry. Go ahead, right, Raj. Right now, I know we all feel it. Like this time, like Devin said, there's countless amounts, there's countless examples of, of the, the injustice that happens. But right now at this moment, I know in my lifetime, I've never experienced something like this. As far as the attention and the passion and the power that's going on right now, what can we do to keep the momentum going? Because so many times something like this hits the news, hits social media, and then day by day, it just gets diluted. And it's like, it before it's you know it, we're, we're talking about something else. Don't run away from the topic. What, as Ayla Selassie I teach us, when the vice of justice go silent, the vice of injustice get louder. You have to look at it like this. To be racist is, 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 is to be bold and ignorant. So when a racist attack you, they're not going to attack you from the angle of intelligence or from the angle of reasoning and conscience and humanity. They're going to attack you from an angle of trying to pull you down, from an angle of trying to break you, to make a stand, from an angle of trying to discriminate against you. So they're trying to know what you have to look into. The Environmental Protection Service is the, is the company that make the policies to destroy the environment. So we have to start to look at things through the, the, the other lens. When someone says, yeah, I'm, I'm for you, you look and say, no, you are not for me, you are against me. So this is how we have to start to look at things. And this is why we have to keep this topic in the forefront of everything we are doing. Because this is when the kids get aware. But while we keep jumping over this topic, we will never discuss it anymore. We, we, we're so scared to come because then it becomes threatening to your job. It becomes threatening to your environment and your community because then you find yourself alone. But if you keep talking about it, even your boss or your community, who you now it is a topic in every media. No one time, no me, is only a few media houses would touch a topic like this. But what you're gonna do, lose the people? You can't lose the people. You have to go with the people. So it's not them, it's the people control. Democracy means power to the people. The people are the government. That's what is in the dictionary. That's what is in the encyclopedia, that the people are the government in a democratic country. And you elect leaders. You have elected. Elected means somebody, the people, put you there. It's not you put the people there. You're not going to be there after four or after eight years. The people will always be there. If there is no people, there is no country. If there is leaders in an empty country, you're not a leader. What are you leading? So the people... The vice of the people is the vice of God. The vice of the people is the power. And this is what this generation wake up because this is, the, this is the time of information. And every prophet said it, that there will be a day when you cannot, Bob Marley said, you fool the people sometime, but you won't fool all the people all the time. Now you see the light. What are we going to do? Stand up for the right. And the people see the light because now you're looking at a young person who is 15, 16, 18, 20, and telling them that that's what they see on the video is not real. You can't tell them that mm -hmm. right there and then they don't want to hear nothing more from you. And this is the problem because you find parents trying to tell kids that, oh, you don't feel that, mommy. So instantly you're showing that your kids that you're a racist. And <laughs> this is what I think change. 
because we have video. We're living in the time of information. What was the most powerful tool that Luther have in the Reformation? The Protestant Reformation take effect because at that time, the printing press, printing press. was invented. So, so the revolution sometimes not even about the person or the moment. It's about that technological improvement uh -huh. that now make. So it, it's hard now for you to send all these priests to take up all the Luther papers and burn them because now it's gone to 55 different countries in one day. And it changed because it started to let people... Information change the view of, of a person. And, um, you know... Patrice Colors, who's the, the head of uh, one of the head of Black Lives Matter here, you know, in response to Roger's question a second ago, she talks about it being very important uh, in order to keep the momentum going right now is to is to join an organization. It's very important to not do this alone right now is get with a group of people who are experienced at organizing um, and that'll really help you keep this momentum going as well, you know. And I feel that very strongly as we got to do this yeah. together in an yeah, organized way to not let this momentum um, die at the moment. That's it. It's only through organizing and centralizing and mobilizing mm -hmm. can we get effective policies passed because everyone needs the people. Yeah. And, um, you know, you touched on this a little bit, but th th this morning I was watching uh, the great activist, Angela Davis, speaking, and uh, one of the topics she touched on was the crucial ro role that musicians play in changing consciousness worldwide and raising awareness that there is a struggle and a movement taking place. And, you know, I know about you because I've been a fan of your work for so long that you've always, from the beginning, used your music as a vehicle to promote the movement against racism and police brutality and just overall consciousness. And can you talk about your thoughts? Um, you did touch on this a bit about the power and the role of music in the movement and also why that you, since the beginning, felt called to use your music to promote social change, even at a time early on in your career when, you know, when it was more popular for artists around you to sing slackness lyrics. Because for me, life is meaningful and for me, one of the greatest instrument, one of the greatest influence mankind ever get is the power of music. Understand? That's why if you realize the first, the first thing we get is education, A, B, C, D, E, it's a song. It's musical to get kids interested in education. 90% of those early educational things are instrumental music oh, dun, 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 dun. you sing it with melodies and so music is is the vibration of the human body you understand so this is when you can send music with a positive sense when people spend the time to realize and sing and listen and say whoa this is what he's saying because you might sing a song and every jamaican understand you because we speak jamaican patwa so instantly Jamaican gonna say, oh, that's what he's saying. But someone in California might say, okay, speak too fast. But let me listen over again. And, oh, that's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. so once people get the meaning, and for me, that's the greatest part of music. As I look in life, I always say, most of the people that we remember from each continent, from each era in life, is people that do positive things, people that make a positive impact, people that live a positive mark. And I said, not those people that history try to force on us and tell us that, oh, this man is great. And no, we're talking about people that we emulate 
in our day-to-day -day life. When you say, okay, I love a person like Bob Marley, you might not know a lot about his life because you're not Jamaican or you're not from the community, but when you hear his music, when you hear listen to a person like Peter Touch, a person like Garnet Silk, you understand, when we sing certain music, when we say nobody want to play on the can, everybody want to read the Bible, it's saying that no one is willing to help you in the beginning. No one is there for you. No one will stand for you. Nobody really likes to be there with you when you're down. But when you're on the top, everyone will be there. Everyone will come. Everyone. So this kind of music, the situations like this is not just for the 90s or for me and you now. But 50 years from now, that situation will occur to another generation that's coming. So this is how I look at music. When you, send, when you sing music with meaningfulness, that's not a style that can go away and say, well, okay, this is the style of the 60s, this is the style of the 70s. Once the style go away, then that music go away. But once you sing meaningful music, once the meaning remain the same, one plus one will be two to all generation. So if I'm saying one plus one, the next generation will come and know what I was saying remain the same. But if I say one plus one is 35, oh, it's a style, but the next generation might say that was stupid. Mm -hmm. Right. So this, so this is what, you understand? What, yeah. So you are here singing these conscious music, and it's time now to go out and show the world that you're a part of the positive revolution. Then this generation going to look at you like, okay, so it's just a word of mouth, because we are not into word of mouth. We are into word and action. When you say you're hungry, you will get some food. When you say you're thirsty, you get some water. So word and action go together. So if you're saying you're a positive person and you're for love and you're for equality and you're for justice, when the time comes for you to stand up for it, show the world that this is what you're for. You're not just singing about it. You understand? So this is, what, uh, this is why I'm happy and proud to be here, be around today, be alive today, to be a part of this revolution because this is the changes that we have yeah. been singing for. It's a universal struggle. Also, we are also, I didn't say it's a single man's struggle. I didn't say it's just a black struggle or it's a white struggle. We say it's a universal struggle. You understand? So, so how do you, how do you um, clarify that for the people? I feel a lot of the, um, the, the verses is the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, right? A lot of that is out there right now on social media. A lot of it is, um, there's just sides, you know? It's like its own fight. So what you have to you understand, let's clarify it like this. We got the bank with the money. We got the, le we got the right and we got the left. If you check a bird, the bird got a right wing and a left wing. If you check a man, the man have a right hand and a left hand. But the man have a body. It is one body that controls the right hand and the left hand. It is one body that controls the right wing and the left wing. The one body that controls the right and the left is the money. So now you come and stand in for something. You pay some people to go and oppose that because in everything you need an opposition. Because when there is no opposition, manifestation takes place in the manifestation that it should be. That means what will happen is that the people will come together and they will make a change. But if we oppose it, then there will be no change. It's the same thing with fighting for INI rights. That's why there was a civil war in the United States of America. It was two different fractions. One believed that we should be industrialized. One believed that slavery 
is the rights of they they have the rights to slave people forever and they go to war for it. this the biggest war the only war that ever fight in the united states history is the civil war so they are trying to ignite that same kind of energy because instead of facing it's like you coming home and you you did something when you were young and your mama said who did this instead of saying to mama oh i did it and i'm sorry you say oh somebody else did it oh maybe my brother did it oh i didn't know so you're trying to blame play the blame game to run away from solving the problem and this is what they're trying to do they're trying to ignore the news is not saying the innocent man die the news is not talking about an innocent man die the news every time an innocent man die the news go back and bring some news about this person 15 years ago mm-hmm. so 15 years ago he was in jail and now he's in a park sitting he deserved to be shot so that you have to understand there is no news that is supporting the people and that is why the people are on the street and this is what the, the peeps so all the news is saying what they want to say the people don't care because the people don't believe in the news because the people use their eyes to see. We can't live in a time now when they're telling us that what we see is no longer what we know. You know? And that's what the news want to tell you. They want to come on the TV and somebody come and make a racist comment. And when the people say, oh, you're racist, they come out and say, oh, we didn't racist. It's just something. Sli-. Come on, you do it 25 times. But this is, you're living in a time now where people is trying to take everybody for mm-hmm. a fool. Yep. You understand? And these kids not buying it because this is not the time no more when we, we just want to hear. We are looking. And we're seeing. So this is what I'm telling you, that this is a revolution going on because it's no longer, I am trying to convince my friend or I'm trying to tell my friend around here. Is my friend now telling me, when you see what's going on? So it's not like me now as a black man sending you a, a video and say, look at this. And you say, oh, Anthony Bees, you make that video? No. You see the video the same time I see the video. The Indians see the video the same time. The Chinese see the video. You understand? Look what was happening in China the other day with, 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 with the black in Africa mm-hmm. who's there innocently getting kicked out of their apartment. Because it go viral, it didn't happen the way they did want it to happen. So the camera and this new information, this new age, this new internet, because it's now one time you make a video in your phone, they say it's Photoshop. But now you can go live on Instagram. Right. You can go live on Facebook. So you can't make a Photoshop while going live. So they realize that the same technology they make to control the people is the same technology the people are going to use to show you up to the world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they say, you know, it's like racism is not, it's not getting worse. It's just getting videotaped now. It's just getting, that's that's what's going on, my brother. It's just getting videotaped now. So this is the problem now. And once once the kids see these things on the video, it's going to affect them. Many kids get traumatized. I watch people crying. Crying because just they see that video. If you look at how the man die, even me as a big man, when I see tears come out, I have to stop it. Because it's just like, come on now, man. That's, that's authority to its greatest. It's like a man is a god and a man is non, a non-human. So there is the god standing up and the non-human being. That's how I look at that video. And that is how the world see the video. That's why I touch so much people are. Right. And when you can see the, the international news would prefer to demonize the man after his death. That's alone to show you how demonic it, demonic it is. And we are from a community in Jamaica. You learn when a man die, come on, you lay the man to rest. 
let the man problem solve. You don't dig up his problem after he's, he's dead and gone. Let him lay to rest. When you see the media trying to dig up your problems that they didn't highlight before you were dead. Just it it shows it shows the the system just panicking to try to justify and because they, they can see they can see that people see. are starting to see so they panic they panic you understand and the more and the more the more they try to go deeper into lies is is the is the more the people see and that's why the people get more hungry it's best they don't say nothing yeah you understand so this is what I'm saying to you my brother that. The own to keep this highlighted, don't be afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. When you go out, you might get an heated debate. But debate is a part of education. Understand? Being proud is a part of being human. The problem is hate. And violence is when somebody extreme that they would kill you for their belief or they will murder you because of their idea. That's when it becomes dangerous. But it's good to be bold. It's good to have eated debates, it's good to disagree, and we still like each other. We don't agree on everything. I might like water, and you say, oh, I don't like water. I like fruit juice. I'm a vegan. You might say I'm not a vegan. I'm a vegetarian. I'm de- so uh, why should I, should I think you are not a human being because you have a different taste for life? No. So this is how I'm looking at it. Um. Yeah, that's. I'm just like trying to sit with that and like process yeah. all that for a second. You know, I think it's really important to, um, right now in this time to to listen, even for like someone like myself who I feel like I have a lot to say. I, I feel like it's very important to listen to what other people are saying as well, um, and especially Black people right now, just to listen and to understand that, you know, be- racism is something built into the system. It has been forever, and and experiences that black people have are experiences that I've never had of, of oppression in, in any just little basic moment of life, you know? So I feel, that's why I feel very thankful for you coming on and just talking because, you know, it's... Yeah, man, it gives time to have to talk know? about it, man, because yeah. we have to... What people don't understand, you know, is like, it's not something we are blind to or ignore, you know? It is something that we live with day to day, that we brace ourselves. So many times I'm going into a country, I'm bracing myself. You understand? Even though I'm saying I know what I'm going there for and I'm going there on a professional Mm -hmm. mission, but Mm -hmm. I'm still bracing myself that, okay, how long I'm going to spend into the airport? Am I going to go to the airport 10 minutes, one hour, three hour? Mm -hmm. Because I might just be pulled aside. Right, whereas I don't fear that, you know? No, you don't. So so this is is the reality I'm trying to show people. You understand? I travel with my bands already and I had this experience where me and my bands went to, to another country. Remember, four members of my band is white. Three members is black. You understand? So we go to a country and they let you the four members and they hold on to me. That my band was saying to them, oh, that's the boss. If he don't go, we can't go. We're here to work with him. You understand? And this, this, this moment, because even a member of my band would say to me, boy, they, 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 they didn't see that because they grow in a different environment. Right. But now they are with me and we start to travel and they would see that sometime they might be outside the airport two hours waiting for me. And then they start, yeah, because as white people in, the, you know, in America and all over the world, it's like there's so many moments. And this is something I'm learning all the time where our whiteness is so invisible to us. We're not aware that in this moment, something you're, you're getting through, you know, you're, the, you're, you're, it, things are easy for you and you're not even aware of the invisibility of, of the fact that it's, ha- it's easy for you right now because you're white but, but look, then look, look how crazy this is there's a video and there was a video I, I see and she, 
on the news in Chicago, like five days ago, where a cop drive down a car with an elder white lady because there was a black guy, a young black youth sitting in the back of the car. So they pull over the car, pull their gun, take the black youth out of the car, put him in the handcuff, put him in their car. Before they even ask the white lady what's wrong, when they take the black youth out of the car, they go to the front and ask the white lady, what's the problem? Are you okay? Because we get a call that... And she said, that's my grandson. So now she says she's panicking because she's a white lady with a black grandchild. And they think this, this youth kidnapped her because he was sitting in the back of the car mm -hmm. behind her. And this is like five days ago. This is not even five years ago. You understand? This is all of, while all of this is going on, that is still going on. It's not like they say, okay, let's take a break then because it's all over the news. They don't care. They're still right. doing it. And that's why we're saying you have <laughs> to put consequences. You have to make a person know once you're in a badge, once you wear the uniform and you kill mm -hmm. a person innocently. Mm -hmm. You understand? We're not saying just black free people kill an innocent person. And also not just that officer, but the people that are tolerating it, the other officers around that officer. They have to. That's what I'm saying. You have to hold them accountable because remember, if the police come now and knock on your door and I'm there at home with you and they find weapons in your house, they're taking all of us to jail before I can say I don't live there. They're not going to ask me if I live there. They're going to put me on my face, put cuff on my hand and they're going to arrest all of us. And then we would have to come to the court now and prove that we're not involved mm -hmm. with you. I'll get a lawyer to prove the process. So this is what we're saying. You're there killing a man and five of you are there, but why? It, but this is not how the law right, works. Right, right, right. So that no, means there's no law for you. This that's is what we're point. saying. So this is, it, it, these are the points that we're, because what they're trying to say that we're dumb and we're stupid and we're ignorant. You know? So when we're having conversation now, we have to try to let them know that we know what's going on. And inside the internal part of it, if the internal part of it if you go to school and the teacher know that, well, you don't have to learn to get a degree. Then I don't have to teach to get a degree. Then well, what is education? There got to be consequences. Yeah. Because if, if people are not all, in, all accountable, then people are going to do what they want to do. And this is what happened with, with the people in power. There is no accountability. You know the the story you told right now of the of the white lady and and, and the the black kid in the back seat. It reminds me of uh, you know a, a couple years ago I had um, some friends. We, we all were coming home, driving in the same car. We got into my neighborhood and I ran inside. I had to run inside real quick, and they were still um, fishing around for some stuff in the car. And you know I'm a white guy, and my friend was Mexican, and the other one's black. And I, I run inside, and then they're taking a while, so I run back out, and I see them both up against the car, like in, in handcuffs. And when I see that, I just run over and I run up on the officer and I say, no, 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 wait, these are my friends. And he just started talking to me. Oh, really? You know these guys? And I talked to him and we cleared it up. And later on, after it all got cleared up, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, that, the way I just ran up on the officer like that. Like, first of all, I, I thought I could do that. It didn't even occur to me that that might be dangerous. Right. Because that's part of my that's part of my white privilege. And then yeah. and then, you know, I just was thinking, imagine if if I had been black and ran up on the officer and said, those are my friends, I would have been dead, yeah. you know? And so that, that kind of thing is, is, you know, sometimes as a, you don't, you don't realize it 
until you get some perspective like that and someone tells you, you know, and that's why it's, I think it's so important to listen to other people's experiences. And I get fed up of people thinking that, oh, just because I've never had that experience means it's not real. You know, it's like, when did we become so unwilling to listen to people and say, I believe you? It's never happened to me, but I believe you because you're telling me it's happened to you, you know? Yeah, and many people want, it, want to make it easier to talk about the life of animal than the life of black mm -hmm. people. And this is what is so dangerous. You understand? Because even me as a black person, sometimes you're trying to have that conversation. And if you're trying to have a conversation, if you post some post sometime on your IG and some comment that some people put, sometimes you wonder if they forget that you're black. And they forget that this is your life, your mm -hmm. kids, your family you're talking about. And I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that about somebody of a different race. You understand? I couldn't see somebody of a different race die on a video and say, okay, say negative things about them. Then the whole world would be like, you understand? So why would you, why would you see me saying something positive about a black man dying on a video? And your mm -hmm. comment will be negative, like it's a racist comment. Right. Mm -hmm. how, can, how can a black person standing up and say, stop killing a black person is a racist. It's a lot of work so to do. So this is what you have to, so it's a lot of work. That's why we have to, that's why we cannot run from these the dialogue. Do, do you see, we cannot do, run from these debates. And the, do, these are the kind of conversation we never really have in, in, in doing interviews or even doing rights up. Or, you understand? We always ignore these kind of mm -hmm. issues. So that's why it is being lingered. It's like a sleeping lion. So I'm happy now that it, it, it's on the forefront where we can do an interview and talk about it and break the chains of understanding. Right. Understand and try to put better clarification. You know. Do you see examples of your fans responding to your your uh, IG post, for example, and um, do you see them speaking up? As, uh, you know, uh, contradicting what you're you're putting up. Do you see them? No, no, I don't see my fans doing that. Like okay. that. my fans support me, and because okay. if you're an, if That's you're an great. Anthony B fans. No one could ever say Anthony B is a racist. I've never done those kind of music. Oh, not even I've just racist. The, 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 no, you know, I'm, the, just, the whole, yeah. I'm just showing you that everyone, That's I try beautiful. to, when I do music, I try to do music in a clarified way, in a clear right, way. Right. When I do my shows, when I do my interview, I try to get my point across. Right. It is not a part of my music. It is not a part of my nature nor my message. Right. You understand? Because it is a strong word. And being a part of the Rastafarian community, Dennis Brown teaches us love, Love and hate, can never be friends. No, no, no. So your mouth is a two-edged sword. You can't be speaking hate and be speaking love. You right. can't be speaking positive and be speaking negative. It's two different entities. They don't travel together. You understand? In the mm -hmm. same basket, they travel on two different baskets. Mm -hmm. might people have people might use them, bounce across them, but I don't bounce across. I try and, to stay on the positive and side what, of it. And what 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 better <laughs> um, expression of love than to fight? You know, seriously fight with all you have against a system that is based on hate and and racism. You know, that's a form protest and struggle. It's a form of love when it's against hate. You know, and you know. Uh, we've, <laughs> I know we've kept you up really late, and it's very late for you. And so I do want to talk about this new album because it's so good. Yes, definitely. Um, yes, definitely. Um, is that cool with you? Can we? <laughs> yeah, man. We talk right. about the album. All right. Um, I just so first of all, the new album is Kings in My Castle. Everybody, go check it. Um, I, I'm telling you, man, 
I know you're on the show right now, so I'm, I probably would have said good things anyway, but I'm telling you, I mean it. I love the album. I love That's it so stuff. much. Um, and I just want to throw out the names of some of my favorite tunes off of it, and maybe you could give us just some of the story real quick behind each tune. Um, as I mentioned, I have a lot of favorite tunes, so let's see how far down this list we can get. The first one is Singing in the Jungle. I think this is an amazing song, and the lyrics of Singing in the Jungle are just like really fascinating to me. Like I, can't, I kept listening to them, and I'm like, so crazy song like can you can you talk about how that one came about yeah well uh that song now is like i'm seeing i'm thinking of i want to make a, a a song for children you understand but not just a a song just for fun a song that they can have fun to but learn something in singing that song you understand and i'm saying okay i'm looking at life the way the, the, the way you're looking at the world right now is like we're living in a jungle where you're fighting for the survival, you're fighting for the rights of man, the rights of woman, the rights of freedom, the rights of... This is like a jungle, you understand? And so I'm thinking, okay, animals don't live like that. So we need to start learning something from the animal. If you look at the kids, if you look at a kid, a, a baby will run to a lion and don't even know the lion is dangerous. And the lion won't arm that baby because that energy that the lion feel, you understand? So uh, this, 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 this is what give me that vibration for the song. And then I start to sing, you know, and the lyrics, when the lyrics start to come to me too, I start to laugh, like, should I really say it this way? Like, <laughs> the lion and the tiger is smarter than our world leader. Yeah. You understand? So and while saying those words, I start to watch these leaders on the TV, and I'm saying, you know, it's really true. These animals are really smarter than these world leaders. <laughs> so I get a I, I get a school choir together. So big up oh, the Wilmers, the Wilmers school choir. They are the children singing. Nice. I right know. And it's yeah. a good thing. So the school choir, big up the children. And I want to get it like authentic, Nyabingi, African kind of style, African sounding. So to all my African people, big up all my African people and the harmony singers, Alpha Blandy. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So big yeah. up Alpha Blandy and beautiful singers yeah, from the Ivory Coast. Yeah, man. Wow. Nice. Uh, yeah, I love that song. Um, I think my my second favorite song, maybe. Well, I'm gonna leave that one off because I know Roger, you wanted to ask <laughs> about this song. But I th so another song that I really really like on this on, on this album is uh, both of these together. I'm just gonna mention both of them. Mm -hmm. Is is talk talk talk, and and nobody no friend. Both of those two. Well, yeah, man. Big up Zamunda. You're Big right. up my mm. brother Zamunda. Yeah, man. Upcoming champion reggae star. You see mm. it? So that song now is, is, is like what we're having now. You see it? We're trying to have a, a positive discussion. We're trying to have a, a positive message. We're trying to send cross. So when you say Black Lives Matter, we're trying to awaken the conscious side of the human body and the human soul. But there's a lot of people that's... So people trying to overshadow the positiveness with a lot of negative talk. And that's what this song is about. You understand? You talk, mm -hmm. talk, talk, but you're not going to get us out. We're not going to stop sending this message. We're not going to sit down. You understand? We're going to die fighting on our feet. We're not going to mm -hmm. just lying down. Because Pink Floyd, I think it's Pink Floyd of a song, say, you understand? Oh, I wish you were here. We're mm -hmm. two souls swimming in a fish boat year after year. Running over the same old ground, how we found the same old fear. Wish you were here. You understand? So, what he's saying in that song to me that catch me the most. You understand? 
he's saying he's saying that if you're gonna be up in the war, do you give up one 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 hard fight in the war for a lead role in a cage? So that line touched me so much. Cause what he's saying, heavy song. Yes. So <laughs> if you know that, so that's what we're out here trying to get this message across. You yeah. understand? Just yeah. trying to get this the, message across, and that's why we say, talk, 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 and. In this world now today, loyalty is the hardest thing to find. Mm -hmm. That's why we say we don't buy friends. Because many people, that's how you have to get their loyalty. You have to can pay them. And if you can't pay them, then to hell with you. So we're living in a world now where it's like money is the tread of friendship. Money is the tread of community, of community love. Money is a friend of getting together. So... That's why we say we don't buy friends. If you're loyal, you're loyal. Even when I got nothing. Even when I'm broke, even when I'm hungry, even when I'm rich, it doesn't matter where I am. We're a friend. You mm -hmm. understand? So it's loyalty over royalty. You know? That's what that means. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like yeah, it. I like that. I got to ask you, who, so do you come up with ideas for the, for the music videos? Because I love, I love your presence on like YouTube and everything. And I got to bring up, uh, you never know, is... Awesome, man! I watch. First of all, the song is amazing, right? Because that, yeah, that whole that whole hook has been in my head all day. That's Brother, hard. That's I was in the shower just singing that. Really, um, but the the video is 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 pretty interesting. You know, you're on the the judging panel right there, and then yeah, man. you got like a, a cat with a Obama face, and um, another <laughs> another brother with like a blue hair and stuff. And so, yeah, so talk about that for a little bit. Well, want to big up never stop, Juliet. Big up never stop, and big mm. up the Oxygen team. Oxygen mm -hmm. team out of Belgium, nice. yeah, for their creativity because they are the creative mind behind this video and everything. So okay. I gotta give them credit. And we're saying in the song that many people is like you never know, you understand? So we're just trying to it's like a puzzle, putting two pieces together. So in case you never did know, listen, go and look, and you might find out. You understand? So that's why we're saying you never know, you never know, you never know. So bad man, I'm so politician and gunman are friend. You never know. <laughs> so this is what we're trying to say. So you never know. So cause many people might say, what do you mean by you never know? <laughs> yeah, in, in case you never know. So things you never knew, that's what we're saying to you. Didn't you know? So it's like we would say now, the biggest problem in the world in my all my traveling is called poverty. It is the underlying problem of 90% of the world, crime and violence and ignorance and arrogance of the youth. And everyone, every time you hear a world leader come on the radio and they come on the TV and they tell you we're going to spend 1500 billion to fire a rocket <laughs> to go research into moon and see if there is no life and nep Neptune or to find out if there is any water in Venus or, you understand? <laughs> but then, but then no one is saying, let's talk about poverty. Everyone is saying, it's your fault. Everyone is saying, it's this. So it's like, if there is a disease, you blame the people. If there is a pandemic, you blame the people. If there is an outbreak, you blame the people. But then you tell the people, you are the one that they elect into places to make sure they are protective and they are served and they have good 
health system, they got good education system, they got good welfare system, and they got good security system. So it's time now that there's a generation who is aware now of these lies, that none of this is true. And I think these are all the fabrics that is binding together into this, what's happening right now. You understand? So it, it, it is becoming bigger than just us standing up. But it becoming a way you now where people putting all the other stuff together mm -hmm. into one ball and say it's time now to get all of this out of the way. You understand? So Yeah. The you know, here in Los Angeles the, the, the budget's about to be passed and and you know, you look at it and Black Lives Matter has been has been really like putting that budget in front of people's eyes to see like to show them you see what we're spending our money on. Fifty-four percent of the Los Angeles budget in this city, where we have so much homeless and so much crime and so much poverty, fifty-four percent of the budget, three billion dollars, is going to the police department, and then the other half is just sliced up. And there's a very, very small amount for you know building community, and and that's why that group is really pushing for. Let's redirect some of this money into building up communities we don't need to be we don't need this much police if we would just build up our communities that's what we're saying so we're saying that what they do is they make blankets they, so they you throw a blanket over the problem you come mm -hmm. home and you see your floor is breaking out and you just get a carpet and put over it you're gonna fall through that floor because the floor needs fixing it's not just putting the carpet over the floor but make a new floor and that's what they keep on doing this is what yeah. they do they put a blanket over it. So in, in, my, in Jamaica, I see something and I laugh. I see we pass a ghetto and see they're building up a nice white picket fence. But they don't move the houses. They don't fix the houses. So now you pass in this place, you're not going to see that it's, it's a ghetto anymore that need help. Because now you see these pretty white fence when you drive on the highway. So it looks like, whoa, over there is, but the, the, the house is not fixed, but the fence is fixed. So this is what they do. They, 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 they put blankets in your eyes, try to put billboards in your eyes. But if you look behind the billboards, there's people sleeping on the ground. Mm -hmm. But you, you see this nice, pretty billboard shining. So to you, whoa, Los Angeles is beautiful. You mm -hmm. understand? So this is what they're doing. And, and, and the kids are waking up because no longer now, many of these kids don't wait on, this, uh, on the mainstream media like we used to do. Mama wait on the six o'clock news. Papa wait on the seven o'clock news. They believe these kids different. They're getting their information before it reached to the TV. True. So, and this is what I'm, so, I'm happy to be in this time and this age and this right. place and earth, you know? So, and I know we've kept you up at 4.30 right now for you. So, wow. um, I got one more question. I don't know, Raj, if you no, got go another ahead. one. I don't want to take yours away, off. but no, you know, there was like I said, my list of songs was long. People just go get the album King uh, King in My Castle. King in my castle. It's gonna be it's it's gonna, it's gonna be reggae. It's reggae album of the year so get far, it. hands down. No 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 question. Um, but you have a song on the new record called "I'm in Love," where you say I'm in love with a reggae sound system, and yeah. and you got your start and really came up in the dance hall and sound system culture in Jamaica, like a lot of the biggest artists in Jamaica did. And so can you talk about, I, I, I'm just like, I love sound system culture. I love watching sound systems. And so can you talk about your history inside the dance hall? Like which sounds you've been most affiliated with? Who were some of the artists like that you would see live on the mic at dances that really inspired you? And just like some of your best memories from live dance hall culture in the nineties in Jamaica. 
Right. In, in the in my time growing up in the dance hall, the favorite DJ was like Ninja Man and Shabarankin. Yeah. You understand? Because in that time there was the two artists that pop in the thing until there's a like a Capotan and then a Bujobantan and you understand and then come after that like a Beanie Man and a Bunty Killer. But I grew in the country in a parish called Chilani and I used to have a friend called Winston Lee. So his father was an Indian man, the owner shop, and he used to have a sound system. So we call the sound system Shaggy, Hypo. Because back in those days, every sound have to have a Hypo or a disco. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. So like more, the party sound, like Stone Love used to name Stone Love Disco. Now they drop the disco under Stone Love, but back in the days, it's Stone Love Disco, like Renaissance Disco. And so Hypo sound would be like more the rubber dub sound, and Disco sound would be like the party sound. You understand? So DJing, that's how we start to get rhythms because you can't get a live band to go DJ and mm. you don't reach that level. You're a young youth in your community. You have to get home by certain times. You can't go for the night party. So dance hall now would be like most even party when the sound is set up on the early part. Sometimes we have to bleach out. So you're a ninja man coming to Chilani. Everybody in Chilani, every young youth sleep out, hide from the parents just to go. You would climb over the fence. You understand? Because at that time, we hear they talk about bamboo land. So they would take like bamboos. Take like those bamboo. And fence up like a hen. It's a plant. And they would make a venue. So we call it a land. Like what you call a venue today, we call it a land. So we take it. Land is made from bamboo. It's made from sink. You understand? So that culture is a, is a culture that today, the eat in my music that you see is international today. Oh, you know, I think you're maybe That's having a, uh, the Wi-Fi is going a little crazy. It's starting to break up a little bit over there. Do you see that, Raj? Yeah, I, I see a little bit of it. Maybe the the Wi-Fi connection is, is I hear some little things. Does it sound normal to you, Mr. Anthony B? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, sounds. Yeah. Oh, the... oh, I think robotic, huh? Yeah, I think there's a, maybe a, maybe an issue on your Wi-Fi end. Maybe that's a. Uh oh. Okay, I'm gonna try it and come back. You got him, you, and then we're gonna. You got a mad. I didn't get a mad. <laughs> you got a mad. Um, you heard that right? That wasn't just me. No, I, I definitely, okay, definitely okay. heard it. Man, I, that was like I've been saving that question the whole time. I wanted to hear about the sound system. You, as you were asking it, I'm like. Oh, it's like the 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 dessert, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah, let's start. I mean, everything we talked about today was 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 crazy important, but we got to have him back on. Um, for sure. I think maybe he's gonna pop back on, and even though you know we'll, we'll we won't keep him much longer because people, it is four thirty a.m. where Anthony yeah, B is at right now. He's in Vienna, Austria. This um, you know, he stayed up to join us at three a.m. Um, so you know, if he uh, if he doesn't come back on. <laughs> that's okay well i mean it's it's we'll quite all right we've we've had him for 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 a long time so yeah. he's definitely shed light on a bunch of stuff and man such a such a well-spoken cat man i love i love i love me some anthony b more than i did you know i just man I, i've always been such a fan and like i was gonna tell him you know he had some tunes some of his biggest tunes um in the late 90s mm. he has a tune called fire upon rome and another tune called fireman um and those two songs were really some of the songs that were instrumental in getting me to kind of change my focus from exclusively 
old school Jamaican music, mm-hmm. you know? Because before mm-hmm. that, I was just all, 60s, 70s, that was it for me. Mm-hmm. And when I started hearing Anthony B and some other artists that were his contemporaries, um, I was like, oh, wait a minute, like, there's so much more to this, you know? And then I started, like, getting into everything. Right, right, um, definitely. And so, you know, I love Anthony B. And I, I saw him at Cali Roots Festival mm-hmm. in California a few years ago. It was my favorite favorite hands down favorite performance Wicked. of the festival because he's he's got a super high energy to his performance his songs you know he played he played all the songs i wanted to hear um and then you know it just like the that that festival has so many american reggae bands which you know mm-hmm. respect to them but just as being somebody who my preference is for jamaican music you know Anthony B's performance would have been great even if it was at a Jamaican music festival but the fact that it was in the midst of all these American bands it was like a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. you know it was just like oh yes like this is right. what I want right now and well and that's was, the case all the time regardless I mean whether without using good and bad it's just it's just you know you got a, you got different perspective on the songwriting you got i mean if you're jamaican you know playing reggae music versus if you're not you know just by default you know there's good and bad music from both but i could see that you know and that's why i like a lot of these you know a lot of these festivals are they definitely do a good job of um bringing in the old school artists you know because it's it just it is it's different it's you know what and and big up um big up cali roots um yeah man you know, big up Cali Roots because they they have really been like in the last few days posting, you know, posting some good stuff and taking a a, a stand that I'm happy to see them take. Um, not that I ever thought they wouldn't, but I'm just you know I'm just really every time I see a band now from this American scene mm-hmm. really coming out and saying Black Lives Matter, um, it 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 really means a lot to me, you know. And and they posted something today about you know renewing their commitment to, you know, acknowledging that the music we all play comes from Jamaican music. Um, and it just, you know, people can go check out the Cali Roots website or the Instagram and see what they put out. But it's just, you know, I've been really, really happy to see them and a lot of other bigger groups in this scene um, coming out and, and speaking up. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you either do it or you don't do it, right? At There's nothing point, in the middle. <laughs> one of the things that feels different about um, this moment is that silence is speaking volumes right now whereas that wasn't always the case Thank i mean you, you I know i always you know i think there were some of us who who always saw silence as speaking volumes but but now it's people are realizing like i have to i have to engage with this topic i can't like i can't just tune out I, you know and and you know like i say not to keep not to keep harping on this but you know white privilege is a real thing and one of the one of the one of the ways it shows itself is your ability, my ability to tune out of the conversation. You know, I'm burnt out. I'm exhausted. I'm going to tune out of this. And because I don't, but you know, black people and people of color, they can't tune out, you know, <laughs> it's always there. No and option. so now, now people are realizing, um, they're starting to know, I can't, I can't tune out of this right now. I have to engage. Cause if I don't, people are going to, people are going to call me on that, you know? So right. I'm really, really loving that. Um, you know, so, Big up all the artists speaking out. Um, yeah, big up, definitely. I see yeah. a lot of people uh, really passionate out there, and they're taking the time not to just post, but they're taking the time to respond to posts. They're taking the time to be, whether it's donating or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm sure a lot of people are doing behind the scenes because the only, you know, you get one perspective when you look at social media. It sounds so dumb, right? That social media is is the thing that we always come back to as the nucleus of, of, of gauging what people do and don't do. But it's a 
decent gauge. So hats off. Yes, I just want to piggyback that statement. Hats off to the to the artist um, that are not just posting a meme or here or there, but mm-hmm. are actually responding to their fans' critique of their own message. How important is that? Because, I mean, that right, right there is showing it's your how right. much substance <laughs> you have as, as an artist. You know, yeah. you don't you don't care. Well, then you don't care about your fans in general enough to, like, have that conversation with them. I'm sorry. I, I know it's uncomfortable. Myself, I don't ever talk about stuff like this. If you look at all my history, I'm a walking commercial for my own stuff. I'm just promoting my own stuff and friends of, uh, friends of mine. But if there's ever a time to, to, to get out of that uncomfortable uh, position and zone, it's now. You know? Well, you know, and I think that you, you, you touched on, you know, the uncomfortability of the moment for a lot of you know, for a lot of white people, and and I I include myself in that because because we are able to tune out of the conversation of racism, and we often do because it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, right now I think it's just important to you know that feeling of uncomfortability and that feeling of you don't know what to say. That's okay. Sit sit in that. Like be with that feeling of being uncomfortable, and and listen, and. Um, I, I really can't urge, you know, uh, the bands in the scene that are speaking out, especially the bands that are non-black and white, um, to, you know, to, to listen and also to, you know, like we were talking about with Anthony B to keep this momentum going, like, it's great that everyone's speaking out. It really is. Um, but the next step is to, is to realize that there is so much to learn. Um, and there's, there are resources and groups out there where you can learn, you know, and and like, for me, I've always been you know, since their beginning, I've always just been a big supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement, the organization. I encourage people to go follow them, follow them on Instagram. Um, and they are constantly putting out resources, calls to action, things you can do, ways you can easily look up your uh, political representatives in, that represent you in your district. And they'll write the whole email for you. They have templates you can just send and you just put your name, boom, they make it easy. Um, you know, there's a there's always marches and rallies happening. Um you know, I would say if you want to go protest, um, that's really good. Do it through an organization like Black Lives Matter who know what they're doing um, and you know what you're going out there to protest. Um, and, you know, I, I just say that because I say all this because I know that, you know, people in the American reggae scene might be watching this right now or watch mm-hmm. it later on YouTube. Um, and I just feel like that that is such an important thing for us all to do is realize that there's more to it than just speaking out against racism right now. It's it's to it's to learn learn more about it and learn more about what we can do. Um, Definitely. And with that being said, um, next week, we have a very special guest. We got an old school rude boy all up in here. Straight Talk up, about ladies it, and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know about the two-tone movement, get hip to it. Go look it up. It's It's directly reflective of what's cracking right now, what we're going through right now. We got Mr. Linville Golding from the specials. This is insane. This is beautiful because this conversation is going to carry over to next Saturday. We're not. Yeah. We're keeping the momentum going. This is so relevant. People, I, if, you're, if you're sick of it, <laughs> you're going to oh, get more yeah. sick of it next week. Guess and we're what, not going to stop talking about this. And we either, won't stop. And yeah, exactly. Um, I was on the phone with Linville for like an hour and a half somewhat last night. And it, 
a lot of it I'm like, just save for the show. We're going to talk about it. But it was so great because I knew he was going to have a powerful perspective. You know, Linville Golding was from the specials. If you guys don't know, the specials were the, they were one of the bands that were on the forefront of the two-tone movement, which the definition of two-tone movement was just anti-racism. And, and, and so that took place in Britain. And many other bands were involved with that movement. But we're going to have Linville Golding from the specials on next week. Yes. I can't wait for that. Um, it's going to be great. And, you know, if you if people out there maybe aren't familiar with the specials, because I'll, I'll admit this right here. Yeah, man. I'm not, like, in terms of the music, mm-hmm. the musical style of two-tone mm-hmm. and all the two-tone bands. Don't put your foot I, in your mouth. I've never, I've never I'm been. I'm a rude boy. I've never been a huge, that's never been, like, what I gravitated towards. Right, right. With a huge caveat exception for the specials. Right. I love the specials. Um, I, I think that they're just everything. The songwriting. um when I heard the specials, I was like, I would hear one song, I'm like, yes, more. Second song, mm-hmm. yes, more. And like, I never heard a bad specials song. I mean, every song by the specials is great. Um, everything about it. It's <laughs> so it, I'm, it's people go look up thing. the specials. And I would even tell you, I don't know, maybe Roger, you have like an album to recommend, but I just, I don't think there's oh, any yeah, bad definitely. specials music out there. Definitely. I mean, the only, the album that not only defines the specials, but it defines the two tone movement. And I encourage everyone to go in and do the Wikipedia thing with two tone. Uh, is the self-titled album their first album specials it's it's you know I'm, i guarantee you anybody that has uh seen the whole third wave ska movement has seen that pattern of checkers black and white and that comes directly from the two-tone mm-hmm. movement you know and they have a certain campaign and and marketing it's beautiful I, and, and we'll ask linville more about it i know a lot of it came from jerry Dahmer's a keyboard player from the specials and he's a genius in, uh, himself but um Man, Linville has so many cool stories. He, I don't want. I don't even want to talk about them because these are stories that he's gone through right now. We're talking like within this month, and and comparing those to what he's gone through in in uh, you know being black and, and growing up with you know in the time of the National Front in Britain and stuff in like Britain. that. So, okay, so it's yeah. going to be really good. People, please really good. tune People in next in. week. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you. We don't. If you've never heard of Linda Golding, maybe you've never heard of the specials. We don't have people on this show that aren't um, the top yeah. top of their game. So mm-hmm. go this week, look up the specials, learn about Linville Golding, and you're you're gonna want to tune in um, next week. And there was something else I wanted to be sure to mention, and I can't think of it right now. Mm. Uh, maybe it'll pop back in my head. But yeah, check check the specials, um, Roger. Okay. Yeah, I know, as always, you got some stuff coming up. Yeah, it looks like both of us have the same weekly thing, and it's so beautiful that we can just, you know, <laughs> always revisit this because it's just going to get bigger and better. More people are going to know about it. So, yeah. with myself, um, it's an eight-week thing going on. Every single Monday, I encourage everyone to come, please. Uh, it's this 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 class that's unlike no other because it's spread out between eight eight weeks, and we get to cover every single subject and granted, you're not going to cover every subject, but all the bullet points we cover, you know. So, for example, last week we were, cover- we were talking about ska music. This week it's going to be rock steady music. And this is with some heavy hitting cats. So, last week we had Gil Sharon, Michael Goldwasser, uh, producer with Easy Star and all those albums. Um, you know, we had uh, Drummy from, from Buju Bantan, a bunch of other cats that have really, really reputable uh, resumes and, and can definitely talk about the subject and wisely about the subject so this 
Monday, we talk about Rock City Music. And we're going to talk about dub. Nice. We're going to talk about the DJ culture. We're going to talk about the actual religion, Rastafari, and, and how that plays, which is a very important part. I wanted to ask Anthony B a yeah. little bit about that, but it's all right. Because I know it's it's near it's. We gotta have life. Anthony Anthony back. Gotta on. have him back for um, sure. But um, um you're, and you got your thing cracking every Tuesday, right? You got. Yeah. So um, you know this like so I, I every Tuesday I do um the songbook sessions where you know I'm a musician I'm a songwriter, play reggae music, and um every Tuesday I've, during quarantine I've been coming on and doing this but but playing music uh playing singing songs it's been great um. You know, I didn't do it this last Tuesday because I didn't feel like um, there was any justification for me taking focus away from uh, what's been going on. Um, and I just wanted to, in the spirit of amplifying black voices and just, you know, putting my money where my mouth is and just listening. I didn't do it this last Tuesday. And I'm still, um, I'm not absolutely positive if I'm going to do this coming up Tuesday mm. either. So I just want to put that out right. there. We'll see, we'll see what things are feeling like. Um, and so I will just, anybody who's, who's interested in seeing, uh, my, my thing that I do, or if you've been watching it, which I want to thank everyone very much, cause it's so much fun. It's, it's mental therapy for me. Um, uh, just you know, check with me. I'll put out a statement in the next. I'll put out a statement. Dang, that makes me seem like super serious. Um, I will put out a statement in the next couple days as to whether or not I will be doing the songbook sessions uh, this Tuesday. You we'll know? be awaiting very <laughs> yes. patiently, yeah. Devin, on your statement. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm going to have a press conference uh, in my in my mom's uh, rose garden. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. You know, you know, what I was thinking about when you you touched on this earlier about. Um, I mean, I struggle with this myself, right? is that we we back black lives matter and we feel passionate about it we feel we feel that it's important for people to be supporting the movement and and speaking out and i have i know you're you're more knowledgeable in this area but what do you think about next week we come with like just some list a list of things that people can do maybe you know phone numbers websites whatever a kind of a baby game plan you know what i mean because i know myself i'm I'm, at times I'm like, okay, cool. I'm doing this, which is talking on social media, but what else can I do? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I'm happy to do it. And, you know, to be clear to everyone listening, that wouldn't be us um, necessarily offering what we think people should be doing. I think, you know, there are, like I mentioned, there are groups like Black Lives Matter, Reform LA Jails, Justice LA Now that are providing these resources for us. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I think that'd be a well, great move to get with some of our friends and, uh, um, you just start. From, you just start it. You, you're like the first domino. You know yeah, what I mean? Like put it out I mean, there. You need, yeah. A lot of people are just wondering, it, and you never know what kind of fire you spark when when you're just presenting it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's talk about it. I think it's a great idea. We'll talk about um, it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? What I wanted to say was that. Yeah. Um, um, nope, it's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> it'll come. It'll come like in two hours. Yeah, yeah. It's no, all totally good will. though. Oh, oh, it was this. It was this that I know it's not quite ready yet. But but Roger and yeah, uh, Reed Reed, who is the head of Rootfire, have been working on getting um, the, all the past episodes and this episode uploaded to um, a service where everyone can download the audio as a as a true podcast. Because right now, you know, if you miss it live, you can go back and watch it on YouTube. Um, but for people who are really into podcasts. Um, we're we're working on uploading the music so uh i mean yeah. the, the the audio so do you have any uh news for people on that roger is that still I, pretty in the works i do and don't you know i mean this week's been a very unique week for everybody mm -hmm. you know so 
you kind of get some passes on <laughs> deadlines no, for sure. and stuff. I just However, know we, it's we definitely it's coming. Um, it, it's it it's gonna be. What I'm trying to do, I'm going to be treating the audio, but we're trying to make it a, a better listening experience since the form's going to change from a visual to something that we hear, you know, maybe in our cars, maybe on radio, whatever, you know. So just trying to go above and beyond on, on making sure that the quality is as best as it can be. The unique thing is that what we're doing now is a live stream. So, you know, you can't have the perfect situation where the audio is going to be perfect. And so we're going to get as close to perfect as we can. And I would say within the next week, there, I'm setting the deadline for myself. I'm throwing right. it out there. The next Everybody week, you're going to be able to treat this as a straight-up podcast. Go on and listen to every episode that we've had up until now as in its audio form. All right. Well, you yeah. made it public, but don't worry. We're Hold almost two it, hours guys. into it. No one's, we're almost two hours in. No one's listening this long. So. <laughs> no, one's listening. <laughs> no one heard you but me. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it could be true. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, let's talk podcast, about Because huh? I've had a couple people asking me, when can I get this as a podcast? Very soon. Coming very soon. Yeah. This is all, um, we're all learning how to do this on <laughs> the podcast. And that was you know? the original plan. <laughs> Wasn't that the OG, right. the original, OG plan? Roger and I have been talking about doing this for so many years. And it's just crazy how after all the planning and like mm-hmm. figuring it out and just stopping, and starting it just went for literally read was out of like, necessity hey man like this saturday why don't you like talk about reggae instead of just playing music and i was like cool i'm gonna ask roger to do it with me and then it was like wait a minute well why don't we just do the podcast live and like within 10 minutes we were doing it it was we were like, doing it yeah it was insane i was in was in the drive through at carl's jr like what <laughs> let's do it let me get yeah. a spicy chicken let me get a spicy chicken, <laughs> spicy chicken. well All ladies right, and well, gentlemen so next week we got linville thompson and um, linville golding <laughs> Dang, what if we had Linville Thompson? We're going to do that sometime soon. <laughs> but we have great. Linville Golding next yeah. week from the specials. Um, right. Okay, so you can, um, you know, w- this week we, we played some tunes by Judah Skender, uh, who passed yesterday. Um, and next week, we did that instead of the tunes of the week. And next week we will be, we will be back with the tunes of the week, where Roger and I yes. dig into our crates and, and pick some Jamaican music to share with you guys. Um, and if you want to get a jump on that and listen to what those songs are, so you can be familiar with them uh, before we talk about them, you can go to our website, which is mm-hmm. dot com. My song's up there, Roger's song's up there along with eight other tunes that we just pick so we can have a nice playlist every week so you can put that on and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Please go check that out. Um, there's other info about the show up there, upcoming guests. We've got some really good guests coming up, booked a few weeks in advance, so you can check all that stuff up out. And you can also send us an email at theregapodclash at gmail.com. Just it, anything you want to like really say to us, if you want to give some some feedback on the show Mm -hmm. you want to request Mm -hmm. if you got some ideas for guests that would be good for us to have that's the place the reggae podclash at gmail.com you can also hit us both up you know uh, you can hit up me on instagram man like devin you can hit up roger on instagram at reggae underscore raj yeah Exactly. Raj, right? I don't know why I can yeah. never get in my head. In my head, reggae underscore Raj. Raj. That's him. Even and if please, you do reggae Raj, I'd still it'll get that redirected. One, we talked yeah, about this. Yeah, we talked. And about then it. please go follow the Reggae Pod Clash on Instagram as well. Yes. And you know, we just want to thank everyone for watching. These have been so fun. Um, today was one of my favorite episodes. Uh, big respect to the man called Anthony B. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only coming on to just like share so much uh wisdom and uh words from the heart and dropping knowledge but also the fact that it was 
3 a.m. and he stayed up till 4 a.m. until Crazy. until until Jaw just took his phone out of his hands and said, <laughs> "No, was, no, 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 yeah, <laughs> you need to go enough. to bed, sir." You so, need to go to bed, man. Um, so you know, we thank Anthony B. Everybody, go check out his new album, Kings uh, King in My Castle. I think that um, some it was on Spotify and some of the songs got pulled because there were some mixing issues. Right. Um, so right. if you go check out King in My Castle right now it might not be on there but just keep coming back because i know they're getting it up in the next couple of days but i'm telling you people i've heard it it's it's a great album from start it's to finish. one of my favorites sure. from him um i just i felt so lucky that we had him on like the, the timing was like this because it's one of his best albums i believe Perfect. um all right y'all um until next week you know be good be good to each other and we will see you next saturday at 6 p.m pacific with linville golding there you go. Later, Later peace. Everybody. Everybody.